Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to WTOC's Tracking the Vaccine podcast. I'm digital anchor and producer Jake Wallace. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp announced on Thursday, February 19th, the state would be opening four mass vaccination sites next week, aiming to reach more of the state's eligible population. The sites, which open on Monday, February 22nd, will be located in Albany, Macon, Habersham County, and at the Hartsfield-Jackson Airport south of Atlanta. The Georgia Emergency Management Agency says the locations were chosen to address needs of underserved populations by picking locations with, quote, surrounding populations with high percentages of minorities and individuals with incomes below the poverty line, end quote. The sites are open to any Georgian currently eligible in Phase 1A+, and appointments are mandatory. You can make those appointments at myvaccinegeorgia.com. Here's Governor Brian Kemp. That list of sites can and will expand as we receive more doses and expand the available supply. Our goal is for these sites to have the capacity to administer 22,000 vaccines per week between all four. Again, with the ability to increase that capacity once the supply expands. These four sites will serve as a first step in a vaccination effort that we hope will dramatically ramp up over the next few months. This setup would allow us to work out the issues that arise and be prepared to scale up at a moment's notice as more vaccines are on the way. The governor also noted the state and Department of Public Health will be finalizing their plans for expanding vaccination criteria within the next two weeks. As variants of COVID-19 continue to be seen in the United States, Coastal Health District Director Dr. Lawton Davis says a variant from the United Kingdom, known as B117, could become the dominant strain of the virus in Georgia and South Carolina. The Georgia Department of Public Health says 45 people in Georgia have tested positive for the UK variant across 13 counties. Most of the reported cases are in the Atlanta area. DPH says in partnership with the CDC, they're only testing 100 random positive specimens a week for COVID variants. Here's Dr. Davis on what it all means. We know it's in low country, South Carolina. We know it's in Georgia. You may as well just assume that it's here and that it's spreading. Winter weather across the country has impacted vaccine supply, even in the low country. Beaufort Memorial Hospital and Hilton Head Regional Hospital had to cancel and reschedule more than a thousand combined appointments due to delayed delivery of the Pfizer vaccine. Both hospitals say the postponed appointments were for first doses only, and those needing second doses were able to complete their vaccination. Hilton Head Regional CEO Jeremy Clark expects the delay to be taken care of soon. We fully expect the vaccine distribution to not only get back to normal, but improve over the next few weeks. Uh, we believe the vaccine supply is going to continue to increase, and when it does, we'll be able to take care of them and, and vaccinate as many people as we can. My guest on this week's episode is Reverend Dr. DeAndre Thurmond, pastor at St. Paul CME Church in Savannah. Dr. Thurmond is a part of an initiative along with other faith leaders, St. Joseph's Candler and State Representative Carl Gilliard, working to build trust in the vaccine among underserved populations. Dr. Thurmond joins me to discuss vaccine hesitancy, what he feels his role as a faith leader can do to curb doubt, and what he hopes this initiative can do in the community. Here now is my conversation with St. Paul CME Church's Reverend Dr. DeAndre Thurman. The the Reverend Dr. DeAndre Thurman joining us from St. Paul CME Church here in Savannah. And, and Dr. Thurman, you're you've been a part of this, this new coalition, this partnership um, with St. Joseph's Candler and, and some other things as, as you're trying to work to build trust 
in this vaccine. We'll, we'll start there. Can you tell me a little bit about kind of this partnership, what the goal is and, and how it's gone so far? Sure. So um, I'm thankful to uh, St. Joe's Candler, uh, to its CEO, uh, Mr. Paul Hinchy, and to Representative Carl, Carl Gilliard, one of our state representatives in this area, uh, because I had expressed some real concern uh, regarding um, the rampant um, uh, infection rate among African-Americans in our community, and specifically what I'd seen in, in the church that I'm blessed to pastor. And so uh, Mr. Hinchy, along with Representative Gilliard, uh, developed a, a group of pastors, um, uh, specifically in the African-American and Hispanic community, uh, so that we could try to uh, not only uh, help people to get vaccinations that were in the eligible uh, categories, but also uh, to start uh, a campaign to hopefully spread the message of what's needed. And you're, you're holding some clinics to, to help get people vaccinated. I believe you held your first one earlier this week. Right. How did that go? And what's the, what's the goal over the next few weeks, few months? The hope is kind of that this can be an example for something that can grow throughout the state, throughout the country, correct? Yeah. So what we know, one of the things we know is, in, and uh, I won't give exact numbers because I'm not looking at them now, but there's more than 80,000 residents of our county that are over 65 years of age, 65 or older. And so we know that uh, that is a very vulnerable population uh, to, this, uh, to this, this infection, this disease. And uh, we also know that uh, the African-American participation uh, in vaccinations has not been commiserate to our percentage of the population. So what we're trying to do is trying to work to marry those two concerns together. And one of the ways you do that is through an institution and messaging uh, that we believe people uh, may listen to, uh, may hear uh, with a little, a little sense of trust that they may not have in some other areas. And, and that's where, where people like you, the pastors and, and the local church community come into play. I do want to talk to you about that, though, specifically about those concerns that many Africans American, African-Americans have, not just with this vaccine, um, but the process that has led us to the, this point where there is some hesitancy, where there is some mistrust. Well, I mean, uh, you know, we have to be uh, transparent. Uh, and we have to tr tell the truth in a way that helps people to understand we're moving forward. And so we have to acknowledge that uh, in the history of healthcare in this country, there have been some uh, studies, there have been uh, some overt efforts to use African-Americans as test subjects, but not necessarily uh, to care for their health in a way that is ethical. And so that's represented in the sterilization studies in North Carolina. That's represented in the Tuskegee experiment with syphilis. That's represented in uh, the use of, uh, of Henrietta Lacks uh, cells uh, uh, without the knowledge or permission of her or her family for years and years to develop uh, critical uh, medications for the treatment of cancer in this country. 
and there's any more number of, uh, of examples we could list, but people are aware of these things. And so when you have that, in addition to a group of people who have a disproportionate uh, share of, uh, of disease processes uh, that, uh, than other portions of the population, the general population, what develops is mistrust. What develops is a lack of, uh, of belief uh, in, um, in what the messaging that is being shared uh, from the healthcare community as a whole. And the other part of that, I think, is that um, uh, experts uh, that are African-American have, for one various reasons, have not been included in the discussion uh, uh, on a, on a long-term basis. So therefore, this is developed over a period of time. This is not a new phenomenon. Yeah, I was going to add that, you know, we're now at a process where we're seeing hesitancy really across the board with this vaccine as well because of just how quickly it has come together. And how much do you think that is added to some of the hesitancy and some of the mistrust that, that you're seeing in the African-American community? Well, that's a great question. I think uh, I have a previous background in the healthcare industry, both uh, both uh, in the pharmaceutical industry uh, as a pharmaceutical uh, sales rep and as a respiratory therapist. I worked in the hospital for years before I went into full-time ministry. And so um, the reality is that uh, people across the board are hesitant to share uh, very often their healthcare status with others. Uh, unfortunately, we're, we're not always as forthcoming. And yet, when we are forthcoming, we hear about the years and the years and the time it takes to develop medications and the cost it takes over, you know, over, over long, long, long periods of time. So marry those two things together with now a vaccine that seems to be uh, created and tested in less than a year. And there is, uh, uh, rightfully so, some hesitancy about the safety. But I think that when people understand how medications and, 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 and how medications are, are tested in this country, um, get a little more information about the fact uh, that some 30,000 people uh, were tested, were, uh, were a part of the studies for both of these drugs. And in both of those populations, there were about 10% African-Americans. So we had so 30,000 um, patients in each study, more than, and 10% and, and of that being more than 3,000 African-Americans went through the studies on both of these drugs. So what we, and in both of those cases, in one study it was 98%, in the other, in the other case it was 100% effective in African-Americans. That messaging has to get out. Uh, we have to let people know um, that, that we believe, uh, we're not saying that side effects don't happen. We're not saying that, that, um, that this medicine is 100% effective in all African-Americans. What we're saying, though, is that it has been studied well. What role do you feel like uh, faith leaders, especially in the African-American community, can do to maybe ease some of the fears, some of the hesitancy amongst uh, the congregation and, and the community as a whole? Well, I think it, it you know, that's, that's sort of a, a multi-pronged uh, answer, I think. Number one, 
Um, I hope and I pray that faith leaders uh, represent those in our community that people can trust. And they can trust us because our concerns are not just for their physical health. Uh, hopefully and prayerfully, the faith leaders that are involved in this, we, we practice holistic ministry. So we're concerned about physical health. We're concerned about um, uh, social uh, communities and, and, the, and the places where people live. We're concerned about economics and financial stability. We're concerned about the educational system and how our children are learning. But we're also concerned about this virus. And so if you can trust us uh, to, to speak on your behalf or speak to you uh, with truth and hope in those areas, then hopefully you can trust us to speak truth and health and hope when it comes to your physical health. And that's a big part of why this coalition has come together that we mentioned, the, the partnership you, you've discussed with, with St. Joe's Candler and, and Representative Carl Gilliard, a big part of that as well, um, the clinics happening now. Wanted to talk to you kind of personally, and we spoke a little before we started recording, that, that your congregation, you've seen some people um, that have passed away due to COVID-19 and COVID-19 complications. How did that impact your congregation, what you saw from folks, and, and how much did that kind of impact your desire to, to get involved with this and try to get people vaccinated and, and trusting this vaccine a little more? You know, uh, thank you for the question. Uh, a pastor is really, at least in the in Protestant denominations, uh, we're considered under shepherds. Uh, and so a shepherd is one who cares for, is one who does their best to protect. And so when you see uh, families and those you love go through uh, uh, what has happened with COVID-19 and, and, uh, and how it impacts the body in some people, uh, it's heartbreaking. Uh, and so what you want to do is you want to do everything you can as a pastor uh, as a leader to protect others and to, and to hopefully help them uh, not to have to experience the same scenario. Um, uh, young people, people under the age of 50, I've seen impacted in, um, in, in, uh, in very significant ways and it's, and it's heartbreaking. How much is that that impact what you've seen from from folks. What have you heard from from your congregation as we've gone through this? How much did that lead to kind of your your part of of wanting to do a little more? Yeah. So I, I mean, um, um, there's still questions. Even though we've seen people die, I've had people call me um, on the way to the vaccination center and say, "Is this something I really should do?" Uh, I've had people to schedule and then back out of the scheduling, uh, even though they had an appointment to get the vaccination. Because there's a real concern because there, over the years there's been a real distrust uh, that's built up. And so what can I do? Uh, how can I help people to feel that this is a valid option? I'm not saying everybody should take the vaccine. I think it's a personal decision, but I can advocate for it. I can suggest that when my opportunity comes, I'm going to take it. Uh, I have three siblings who are all in the healthcare, uh, the healthcare professions. They've taken the vaccine. All of my siblings have taken both shots. 
uh, of the vaccine. So I want to encourage as many people to prayerfully consider this as an option uh, for protecting you against infection. Reverend Thurman, what's next for, for this partnership? It's just kind of gotten off the ground and, and we've discussed what the goals are. Where, where do you see this going over the next few weeks, few months? You know, that's a great question because what we are now in is we're uh, the, the way that uh, the state has staged uh, the vaccination rollout. We're just in 1A, you know, 65 and older, uh, essential workers, and those that uh, care for those 65 and over. So, I, I mean, think about it. Um, that's a portion, of lo- a significant portion of our population. But if we're going to stem the tide of this pandemic, it's gonna have to be more than just those that are 65. Uh, it's gonna have to be a, a, a wide and robust vaccination program for all of those groups. And I, I just looked at some numbers uh, earlier today and. I think uh, 16% of the persons uh, vaccinated in this state, the one more than 1 million doses that have been given are African-American. However, the state is 33% African-American. So that's just, that's just the percentage of those that have been now, you know, you obviously have to correct for how many African-Americans are, 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 uh, are essential workers how many African-Americans are 65 and over. There's some corrections to those numbers, but even with the correction, what we know is that we've got to get the word out. We've got to get it out through uh, sources that are trusted. Um, and we've got to get it out to those that are being impacted uh, in, the, in the most significant ways. And African-Americans fall in that group. So what I'm hoping is that St. Joe's Candler uh, will continue to work with the faith community uh, not to just vaccinate uh, our, our members that are older than 65, but they'll work to, to, with us to vaccinate those that fall in the other categories. Dr. Thurman, I'll let you go on this one. I'll ask just what your message is to not just your congregation. I'm, I'm sure they hear from you quite often, but what your message is to the general public and in, in, in about this vaccine and the rollout and, and everything going forward. Yeah. So my so my message is 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 more than just a vaccine. My message is I, I say four things every single Sunday. Every single Sunday. Number one, wear your mask. Number two, practice social distancing at least six feet apart. Number three, wash your hands frequently. Number four, I say it every Sunday morning, pray for our world. And then I've added to that prayerfully consider taking the vaccine. It's been studied, it's been shown to be effective, and we need to take every precaution we can to remain healthy. Those are the things that I share uh, with our congregation every opportunity I get. Reverend Thurman, I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Uh, Look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon. Thank you so much. Thanks to Dr. Thurman for taking some time to speak with me. You can get all the latest updates on the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine every night on The News and all the time at our website, WTOC.com. There, you'll also find a link to find vaccination locations across Georgia and South Carolina. Thanks for listening, everyone. Our next episode is available next Friday. Until then, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you again soon.